0: Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm here with a special guest, a staff member of ours here at Grandview, James Bast, who oversees our missions and our, our, our justice ministries. And I've asked James to come into our conversation today. You might want to say hello, James. Hello, everyone. That's James's voice. Uh, you'll hear more about that in a moment. But, uh, James, this is a day, I don't, I don't know when this podcast is being aired, but today, as of this recording, it's Truth and Reconciliation Day. Uh, a lot of Canadians are wearing orange, and uh, newspaper articles are speaking about um, the way that First Nations people have been treated uh, by our government, by our churches. And so more and more, uh, churches like ours, are thinking about this. I never thought about it in all my years in ministry. It was just just wasn't an issue, but it's becoming one now. And so we posted today um, just a, a little post on the subject and how we want to do better. But I thought it would be good for us to talk about that. And I know that you've been giving a lot of thought to it. So what are your what are your thoughts about how the church, the evangelical church, should be responding? this issue today.
1: Yeah, I think there's a a first off in my mind just that we there's a, a a tendency to try to want to do something in the moment, try to start uh actively participating in things and my my reflection is just in the post we talked about three words and uh one in today is a day to mourn, I think in, to grieve the 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 lost children today is a day to reflect deeply and to just to be empath uh, let's say empathetic or sympathetic um, to the deep loss amongst our indigenous peoples uh, and which we'll n- never quite understand as a uh, here as I sit as a white Caucasian <laughs> Caucasian man um, and I sit here and I need to reflect on that morning. The second thing is just, I I believe that we need to listen more. We need to, rather than just kind of coming in and saying, we are going to need to do this or do that. We need to listen to the heart, listen to the people uh, that are speaking in this day and to invite people to uh, speak into our lives. And the, then the third thing, and I think that's, is just about learning. And I, I, I it's just so, um powerful a thing that in many of our curriculums and and our learnings as i grew up i learned um the curriculum of the new world uh from a very uh eurocentric perspective i learned it from a a colonist i learned about samuel de de champlain and i learned about jacques cartier and uh but didn't hear it from the other side and so i think today is a day about mourning a day of listening and a day of learning in a in a synopsis without um, having much of the answers I don't think we're going to come up with any of the answers today
0: so what, what do you say to um, Canadians <coughs> who feel guilty how how do we what do we do with that Yeah, And I don't, like, we're just kind of talking out loud. I'm not looking for a silver bullet from you to put it to rest. But have you wondered about that yourself? Yeah, like I I wrestle with
1: um, sort of what's the difference between guilt and shame. I think there is uh, guilt in the sense that it can be a good thing that drives us to the fact that maybe we didn't do the learning piece earlier. Maybe we heard about it, but we didn't care enough Mm -hmm. to to it's been there it's not like this is it's not like this only showed up in the truth and reconciliation committee and those kind of things and even books Mm -hmm. it's been around for many years but Mm -hmm. we now are seeing it front and center so the the guilt is that uh even though some of us may not have actively taken part in that um residential school system at the time is we didn't learn or care enough to learn mm-hmm. the sh- i think the unhealthy thing is an area of shame of saying i take on the i take on the sins of other people um but guilt ins- if it drives us if the god if god uses guilt in our hearts to um to sort of confront us on being um somewhat apathetic to the plight of our First Nations people, to not even uh, exploring that even today, um, our First Nations people ha- don't have clean water. Imagine us being in Kitchener-Waterloo here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, we have like a, a, s- a portion of our population didn't have clean water, and it's ta- and it takes years. We we just wouldn't we wouldn't put up mm-hmm, with it. Mm-hmm. We would we would have people speaking out. We would have protests and things like that. And there has been protests, but not from the wider community. And so that's just my thought, is that um, there's an unhealthy shame that um, we can't take on the sins of our forefathers, it, but we can have a reflection on our hearts today where God can challenge us on the areas where we haven't been, we haven't loved our neighbor um, in the the purest and the way Jesus would want us to mm-hmm. in these days mm-hmm.
0: and certainly loving our neighbor involves knowing who they are, knowing their story uh, their their grievances, especially when they involve us, at least Canada as a people, as a democratic society, where people are responsible for their government in a broad sense i think it's a it's a fair question to say how how do we respond to this and you can't just shove it off Mm -hmm. uh what what do you think uh more about the the idea of shame and and guilt um i read in the newspaper this morning how they're calling for action and i know that we don't want to simplify the response but you, you can't just emote right there needs to be like you said the drinking water issue needs to be dealt with um there's some other matters, though, specific outcomes that uh, are being called for. Do you want to share, like you're aware of some of them, responses that we can make? Well, I think we've seen even this week uh,
1: some positive steps. Uh, certainly our curriculum is being mm-hmm. shaped at our elementary school systems level of being far more um, uh, broad-based and far more tilted in uh, not uh, being spoken about or taught in a certain only one perspective. And so I think we can say that that's a a good step, maybe a step that should have been happening way before this Mm -hmm. and is needed, but that would be um, sort of a shift in our education so that our generations, all of us, but especially our children, um, um, understand what what actually happened here and uh and that's what is i think if i'm listening well is that before we get to reconciliation in many ways we're in the period of truth that truth needs to come out and we want to rush through uncomfortable truth Mm -hmm. we want to move okay that happened Mm -hmm. i don't feel good about it as someone from a, a particular background and therefore I want to get to the reconciliation piece Mm -hmm. and if I'm listening today is that some of them are saying don't rush the education and the truth part just for the sake of being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I think you know especially Mm -hmm. in the church we we need to reflect that this wasn't one denomination alone that many denominations, and even in the Yukon, I believe there was a Baptist um, denomination that, um, from our background, <laughs> who was part of a residential school. So, it, it, it was, it wasn't one denomination that did this. And so, as a church today, we need to live in the uncomfortable truth, as well as uh, recognizing that uh, when the church got in. T- Gets into deep relationship with government. <laughs> things often get uh, the gospel
0: is lost, and yeah. a lot of a lot of bad things happen. Usually, uh, now more and more you hear about the um, First Nations people and their indigenous religion, the old ways. Almost as if that's what it means to be First Nations, right? What about uh, First Nations people who have embraced? I wouldn't say the white man's God, but Jesus was a Jew, right? A Middle Eastern man who claimed to be God, who was God. Um, how how indigenous are they? Is it? I just I probably should talk to some of my friends who are believers. But uh, how do they relate to the First Nations community who are embracing the old ways as as an essential part of their identity, whereas the others have embraced white man's religion? Oh, super challenging to, th- to say, even from
1: my own perspective on that one. But I think the one thing is just to say that um, if I read the articles and r- um, understand that... Um, People who are b- burning churches, for example that that's not the call that the in uh, the indigenous people are c- are calling for in many ways many of them are mm-hmm. f- some of them are followers of Jesus Christ, and the burning of churches has pained mm-hmm. uh them deeply and so reflecting and saying that um in that a culture must be changed in order to become a Christian, I think that's the problem mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. um is that uh, there was a, a sense, as far as I, underst- as I understand, um, that we had to to destroy the culture in order for the, the gospel to go, and that yeah. that's just a, a major problem. And it hasn't it didn't just happen here. It's happened all over the world. Yes. Where we've uh, it's been a mix of of colonization and gospel proclamation and the gospel needs to go
0: out and and there are some aspects to every culture that need to stop like when william Carey went to india there was the sati burnings and so so many things were associated with that culture and and the gospel changed that and it needed to change that but there's more to indian culture than those things and likewise with first nations um surely there's a way that you can embrace your roots and yet still uh, love the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and not not feel like a sellout. Well, I think that's the uh, thing where we we're trying to. Th- almost every mission
1: organization is now talking about um, not cultural rel- relevancy, but um, how to bring the gospel uh, with cultural sensitivity. So you're not you're not just asking uh, to build. Uh, churches that are going to have mm-hmm. a certain structure or a certain way, but you're actually saying, how does this, uh, culture tell story? How do they, how do they reflect on creation Yeah, and then bring the gospel and the, the scriptures in light of their, mm-hmm. of their understanding? And so that's why biblical translation and, um, missionary work is not, uh, now so sort of much just, planting a certain brand of Christianity, mm-hmm. but it's actually um, saying, how does this culture see, yeah. will have a
0: worldview? You know, I think it's so ironic that uh, colonial culture, colonialism are uh, columns and that, that whole style of architecture. Uh, that's in our churches. A lot of churches love that look. You go down mm-hmm. to the States and it's part of their look. And yet that that has so many connotations when you're when you 're uh, a missional organization, um, and so i just wonder in what other ways are we imposing a uh, a colonial worldview on people as a barrier to the gospel what What would it mean for the mission of Christ if we were able to disassociate ourselves from our culture and just proclaim a pure gospel? Jesus said, "Go into all the nations he didn 't say make the nations jewish right so we can learn a lot at this time uh, dealing with this subject well pastor james uh, we're almost out of time and i want to thank you for your work here at grandview and uh, i just uh, would invite you to continue uh, praying with us that our church would learn the lesson in this time and that uh, whatever God has in store for the fruitfulness of our mission, that we would realize that real soon. Thanks for being with us. Until then, I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm James Bast. Thanks for thinking about it with us.